As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Trayvon Edwards. And Trey, let's get to the Brooklyn win over the Dallas Mavericks. They win 102-99 to and uh, Dallas's offense imploded in the fourth quarter. Man, I don't even know where to start, man. They started off so hot. You know, KP, Doncic, everybody's rolling, you know. They get up this big lead, slow start for the Nets. Kevin Durant's not as active as he normally is. And then we get to the fourth quarter and the math just collapse. Can't make a shot. The Nets going to run, rally to get the win. Kevin Durant's surgical, you know, in the fourth quarter gets it going. I think the thing that stuck out for me is Durant handling the pressure of the double and trusting his teammates to make shots. And then also making the reads of, getting those one-on-one matchups and exploiting them. I think the big thing we saw in the fourth quarter early on is Harden just getting downhill, getting Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton had a really good fourth quarter. And, I mean, Dallas just, they they couldn't really contain anybody trying to drive on them. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't stay in front of anybody in this situation. And then, you know, they just couldn't make a shot to save their lives. It was one of those, uh, when the Nets went on a 7-0 run, and they tried to respond. It was, you know, open shot after open shot missed. They got several opportunities, still couldn't make a shot. And most want to point the blame to Jason Kidd, but, you know, his team, they just cooled off. They couldn't buy a bucket. And Luca couldn't really seem to figure out how to actually, like, score. There was that one play where he got Patty Mills on the post up and scored over him. He hit KP kind of crashing into the paint when he got a drive. But, like, otherwise, I mean, they just weren't really creating any good looks for themselves. Then you saw last play of the game, they were just kind of – was it Brooklyn Blitz, Luca? They were trying to find their way out of it. Hardaway actually got a decent look at it, but it was just it – it felt like the whole fourth quarter was them kind of desperately trying to find a look and they weren't finding anything. Yeah, they were playing. They were playing, trying to not basically lose the lead, and that's what they did. So the Nets had Patty Mills kind of like a little cold, but then had a few good plays at the end there. Lamarcus Aldridge had a solid game. Are you seeing this Nets team kind of figure out how to get consistent offense every night when it's really only Harden and Durant scoring really well? Absolutely not. Still a shit show. <laughs> I'm just be honest. It's not fun watching them. 
I mean, you're probably going to complain 80% of the time, but the 20%, they figure it out eventually. They still have one of the best perimeter defenses in the league, but they are a work in progress at 17 and 7. So many inconsistencies. You're starting guys like Bembry, you know, as you mentioned, LaMarcus Aldridge, he didn't close the game out. Claxton got most of those minutes. You don't know who's going to show up big for this team. And what most don't highlight, you know, is that uh, James Harden hasn't been playing well. Tonight was probably outside of those games against those under 500 teams was his best performance. He showed flashes. And I think those are the things that you kind of have to prepare for is that if Harden's going to show flashes or not in these games and be effective, you know, because, I mean, yes, he's getting double-doubles, but these games are too close when he's not making the right decisions. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's head out to Staples Center one last time because this is the last Staples Center game. Of course, it had to be the Celtics in town, and the Lakers beat them 117-102. to 102. Celtics looked good in the first quarter. Rob Williams was jumping over everybody in existence. Tatum was on fire early on. Lakers started to seize control, and then the third quarter, they absolutely destroyed them, and Russell Westbrook just kept getting to the rim over and over and over again. Oh, man. I mean, it, it looked like it was going to be a good night for the Celtics. Jason Tatum got started. You know, he was feeling himself. He's making some big plays, you know, kind of jawing at the jaws with uh, Russell Westbrook and barked up the wrong tree. They end up, you know, cooling down and the Lakers got hot, especially the third quarter. Their defense looked the best they've been all year and things were clicking and they routed them. I mean, you look at the final score, you would feel like the game was closer than what it was, but it was out of reach most of the game from the second half. Yeah, it only looked a little bit close because uh, Wancho and Gomez, of all people, came to the game. And uh, you know, the, the Celtics got some garbage time stuff out of Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard. But I mean, it was, it was kind of hopeless at that point. And I just remember this moment in the third quarter when the Celtics are getting back in transition defense, a little bit of communication screw up. And Russell Westbrook gets the ball on the elbow, and Marcus Smart just watches him and just dares him to shoot it, and Russ buries it. And then Russ comes back, and he just has another trifecta after that. He just kept attacking and attacking. It just it seemed like you know when he had that tomahawk slam with like two minutes left to put him up by 19, call another timeout, it was like the Celtics were kind of just like daring Russ to attack them, whether it was taking the three or kind of dropping in coverage on him to allow him to get downhill. They just wanted him to be the one that beat them, and obviously he beat them. Yeah, I mean, again, this is probably, you know, Russ has – gotten all the backlash of course you know whether it was the trades or you know his early turnovers he's playing great basketball right now for the los angeles lakers and orchestrating you know and and, and playing with ferocity you know what i mean you know you look at how he's finishing at the rim how he's excited today like easily by far one of his best games as a laker 
I mean, are the Lakers like the most fun when it's just Russ screaming and everybody running off the bench kind of energy? Absolutely. LeBron's going to do what he does. He's going to have those big games. You know, when he's bad, it's very rare. But when Russ is bad, it's bad. And when Anthony Davis is bad, it's bad. So you want to have a guy like Russ out there having fun because he hasn't been on a team long, but he is very instrumental to the team's success and the hype. You know what I mean? He's the energy guy. Let's talk about some news. We don't talk about news often enough on this show, but uh, we had some really interesting news, which was CJ McCollum had a pretty good game against the Celtics and then gets diagnosed with pneumothorax in his right lung, which is essentially a collapsed lung from a CT scan that they found on Tuesday. And it's kind of unclear how long he's going to be out, but he suffered the injury in the fourth quarter against the Celtics and he's going to be evaluated further, but was not in the lineup when they played the Clippers on Monday. So I guess, what do you think of this situation? I say, first of all, something that needs to be taken really seriously, but then also good that this was alerted, not while he's playing or, you know, in any other act, you know what I mean? And he gets a chance to rest his body and recover. And, you know, they figure out what's going on with him so that he can, you know, be at full strength and health. You know what I mean? Like, it's been a rough week for the Blazers as is. And, you know, despite all that stuff, you know, I mean, you know, most would think like, oh, you know, this is that it's going on because his name's been in trade rumors, but that's not the case. You know, this was something that was caught during, you know, um, the scan. And, you know, again, he's going to be able to get his body right and, you know, return to the lineup healthy. That's a freaky one. It's like uh, if you were looking to, uh, to to fake an injury to try to get dodge some trade rumors, you say you got a pulled hammy or something like that, not a not a collapsed lung. But I guess how do you feel like the Blazers come out of this funk right now? Their 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 defense doesn't work. I mean that's been an issue for them for a while now. With CJ out, I guess they could try to go for a more defensive lineup and try to figure it out from there and then get it rolling again once they actually get their best scores back. But it really seems like they're in this they're they're kind of like in a at a risky point of their season where they kind of have to figure out if they're gonna get it together. They're gonna need some social media managers to suit up. They got <laughs> they got Steph Curry next, and I think that he's gonna to attempt to break the record against him. So good luck with that. Yeah, well, they're 11 and 14. They've lost uh, six of the last 10, so things ain't looking up for them right now. But that's going to do it for us at The Daily Ding. Don't forget to subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash ding. Don't forget to find Trey on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter as well. I'm not going to tell you our handles because you just look up people's names at this point on Twitter. Brian Smith is our producer. Trey, take us out of here. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.